Hello, everyone, and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I am Mike Hancock, and we are in the midst of a bye week here in Rock City, but it has come at a perfect time. Get the boys ready for a big stretch drive coming up as the schedule gets pretty busy here pretty quickly as a pile of games in a span of just eight days coming up here at the end of March and the start of April. But we will get to all that and more a little bit later on. We do have to, of course, tee up our next home game, which is Saturday, March the 26th, when we host the Georgia Swarm. It's a 5 o'clock start. History will be made. We know that now with Dan Dawson moving to the active roster as of Friday morning officially. And now the Rock will uh, will look to prepare and keep this run going here. Six wins in their last seven games, hoping to make it seven of eight on Kids Night on Saturday, March the 26th at First Ontario Centre when the Rock are back in Rock City. Without any further ado, let's jump into our interview here this week on the podcast as we chat with Toronto Rock head coach Matt Sawyer. Get out now. Uh, Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock, currently joined by the head coach of the Toronto Rock, Matt Sawyer. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm uh, doing good, thanks. Good to be here. You know what it does? It it feels great today, right? The sun's shining again. It feels like spring. It feels like lacrosse season now, right? For sure. It really does. And this week, a big tournament here at the track, the Spring Invitational. We'll talk non-NLL to get started here, but a sure. big event that uh, went down that you were a big part of. Uh, why don't you fill everybody in on that who may have uh, missed it this week? Yeah, it was just a um, you know little, uh, I guess we'll call it a lacrosse tournament that we uh, threw together for the, uh, the March break. We had uh, 15 teams in here, uh, including our uh, rock star teams, and it, uh, it was a big success. It was good to uh, see the place uh, jumping and kids back to playing lacrosse, so... Got a chance to coach some kids. It was fun. Yeah, was that uh, unexpected a little bit that you were hopping on the bench? Because I don't think you've been on the bench with any of the Rockstars teams leading into this, right? Uh, no, I, I haven't. I've kind of been uh, behind the scenes uh, on coordinating or helping coordinate the program. But our, uh, as you know, our players and um, you know are, are very much at the forefront, involved along with uh, Colin as far as uh, coaching and. Uh, and instructing the kids, but uh, got an opportunity to uh, to help out this week, and it was a, it was a lot of fun. It's been a while since I coached the kids. Yeah, and you, you mentioned Colin, of course, Colin Doyle. He is still so passionate about all this. Like yeah. it, it is like he's still playing out there, right? Like, yeah. is, is that just me or no? no? Uh, you know, <laughs> and that's why he's so uh, he's so uh, great at it, right? Uh, um, you know, he's uh, that's his baby, and he throws everything into it, and. And uh, he's got great support there from uh, um, from everybody involved, and um, you know. But there's no better guy to have at the the forefront of that program than Colin. That's for sure. And um, you know, he loves doing it, and uh, uh, it's good to see. So, what do you guys have coming up now that uh, things are kind of starting to shift into OLA clubs getting ready for field and box and and them getting back to the return to normal? Hopefully, uh, everything continues to trend in the direction we're seeing it outside of the. Uh, the walls of the track here, but what do you guys have? How will the summer and the spring and that kind of stuff look for you guys uh, as you guys start to sort that out with track athletics? Sure. Um, well, we're still finishing up our uh, our uh, Rock Elite League and our REDL. It's got um, you know a handful of weeks left before we finish up there, and then uh, 
Um, you know, we're going to be uh, offering some different programs uh, throughout the spring and the summer, and uh, one of them is going to be our, uh, I guess, a continuation of our Rockstar program. A little bit uh, different wrinkle with the spring-summer where uh, the groups are going to uh, train for about 10 weeks, and we're going to highlight a couple of events that we're going to uh, uh, go to. So the, that should be good. And we got a few different events uh, that we're currently, I guess, in the planning uh, stages for this uh, this summer. So the track will be... Uh, We'll be hopping all uh, spring and summer with lacrosse, that's for sure. And we've got major series coming up too. I mean, there, sure. there's still the dra- like we got a the lot draft here this weekend, do we not? Yeah, yeah Sunday afternoon. Sunday. <laughs> uh, Yokeville Rock has all their picks. Spring has sprung, Matt. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you'll have to uh, have to look at that. Either way, we're going to get a good player, right? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, kind of the exciting thing too. I think about drafts in all sports right now is not really having seen all of these guys play a lot in the last couple of years is that the diamond in the rough truly could be in those later rounds. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, we got a, we got a good group there, so we're usually pretty, uh, pretty much on, uh, on top of that. So, um, I kind of, uh, I show up and coach the team and leave that to, uh, to our management and <laughs> they do a good job with selecting the guys, but we got a good roster there to, uh, to begin with. So, uh, anything, uh, we can add to this team, it'll just be a bonus. Yeah, some exciting stuff uh, that is coming as well this summer for Major Series Lacrosse that we'll leave that to uh, another conversation at another time. But right now, let's focus on the Toronto Rock and what's been going on lately. And lately, it's been a lot of winning and a convincing win over the Vancouver Warriors on the weekend, a game that started a little bit slow, obviously. You get a nice little uh, gift maybe at the end of that first quarter to tie things up at uh, one apiece. And then after that, it was a fairly one-sided contest. Yeah, it was you know we've been consistent there with our slow starts. That's for uh, <laughs> that's for sure. But uh, and we can uh, laugh about them when they end yeah, up. Well, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you, uh, uh, it's something we're working on. Um, yeah. But no, like, I felt that that uh, and, and we felt that that game was uh, one of our most complete kind of start to finish. Uh, you mentioned us a little bit slow uh, offensively in the first, but uh, um, we also uh, felt we we allowed a few more chances than we uh, normally do. Nick was real good in the first uh, quarter there and gave us an opportunity to get a lucky one at the end and come out of that uh, 1-1. So um, good performance all around, and really we had uh, two on the board for the longest time until we fell into uh, some penalty trouble there late in the fourth. But that uh, um, that was a good way to go into the uh, end of the break and um, just a confidence builder and, and continue the momentum that we've kind of built to this point. I think that's, what, six out of our uh, last seven where we've been on the right side of things. So that's good, uh, good stretch. Do those types of games become maybe undesirable is not the right uh, way to put it, but I'll put it that way. Somewhat undesirable to coach in the late goings when no. <laughs> you kind of see things kind of like, you know, the penalties crept in, ah. they got a couple goals, made the score look, you know, even though it was 14-5, like you said, two two on the board for a long time. And then, um, you know, you could even go back to the game against New York here at First Ontario Centre in Hamilton. You know, later on in that game, maybe some goals came up on the board after a a pretty solid one-sided effort, you'd say, throughout the majority of the game. But are those frustrating times occasionally as a coach when you don't see that full 60-minute closeout of what you've seen maybe in the previous 45? Well, um you know, as, as you know, because you saw it there after the New York one, I was, uh, um, you know, was a, a little disappointed with the way that one ended. And uh, as coaches, we we're just telling ourselves there in Vancouver to uh, to enjoy it, right? Like, uh, 
really that's uh that's nitpicking you'd like to see um you know start to finish kind of a complete game and not uh not allow them to go on the power play and get some easy opportunities but at the same time you're dealing with a lot of different factors um you know all in all that was uh that was a real good game start to finish and we tried to enjoy the fourth quarter there the place was uh Place was jumping. Um, it was a good atmosphere in there, and um, you know we came out of there uh, feeling good about ourselves in all areas. But uh, ideally, it's 60 minutes start to finish. But um, you know this is a tough league, and, and you're playing against good teams, so sometimes that happens. Yeah, and I think like you mentioned there, big kudos to the crowd in Vancouver uh, for great. being engaged through the whole game when their team was not on the right side of the scoreboard, and and there was some serious distance between them and their their opponents, but. Uh, you know, you're not the only one that's brought that up about the crowd. I know I was talking to somebody else who was at the game, non-Toronto Rock related, that uh, also said that the crowd was was awesome throughout the whole thing. So um, that's great to see across the league. And um, hopefully, you know, that carries out uh, here into Rock City on March 26th when we're back at home. But anything else about that game that you sit there and go, okay, like, is this a turning point? Is this anything that you're like, okay, I like where we're at? Or is this still just part of the long-term building blocks here the the one-sided result well you know um you, you gotta uh, you gotta be happy with how we're playing right now and it just uh, feels like uh, um you know all facets of our game our uh, defense offense goaltending special teams are kind of clicking but uh, every week is uh, is a new challenge and, and something different but um you know, we feel good about things right now, and really the the most encouraging thing here as a, as a coaching staff is uh, nobody's satisfied, and they're all uh, driven to get better, and they're putting the work in, um, you know, throughout the week and, and the bye week here, and just told them to, uh, you know, get away from lacrosse and not think about uh, lacrosse too much and just trying to uh, recharge. At the same time, I know that they're getting together and they're working out on their own and, and watching film and stuff like that. So we got a, we got a driven group. Um, one that uh, realizes that, uh, you know, yeah, we're playing well, but we haven't uh, done anything. We haven't accomplished our first goal, which is uh, securing a playoff spot. We still have work to do there. And um, there's a commitment to uh, to get better each and every week. So that's uh, a, a good feeling. Yeah, like you say, and, and maybe you've already answered this, but I, just the level of satisfaction here that the guys can get from this as well, not just the coaches that you guys are seeing, the work you guys are putting in with the extra video and just some of the extra communication that seems to be put into place and the guys taking more accountability for what they're doing away from the rink maybe on a Tuesday or a weekend with the games that this is becoming a you know, a seven-day-a-week commitment if you want to win. And there has to be some level of satisfaction to see that that, that has kept up here you know, two yeah. months, three months into the season. For sure, because that's what you're uh, you're trying to create, and you're trying to push them towards that, and, and a realization that that's uh, um, that's what they need to do, and that's what the good teams do um, to be successful. And uh, uh, you know, Rusty Kruger says it all the time: like this isn't a, a Tuesday Saturday league, right? So if you have the mindset that you're just going to put your work in on uh, Tuesday nights with your practice and games on Saturday, uh, you know, twice a week, um, you know, you're you're not going to go too far, and, and you might have some success, but uh, there needs to be a, a dedication and commitment uh, and a focus to, uh, to to working at all, uh, you know, every day in, in all different areas. And, um, you know, sometimes it's just uh, um, sitting down and reviewing film or, or watching film of yourself and finding ways to get better and um, just kind of engaged in the uh, in the game and the team. And, and uh, even if it's something as simple as just uh, uh, group chats, phone calls, conversations, whatever it might be. So, um, 
yeah, uh, a little bit satisfied, but uh, um, only from a standpoint that you feel like that's the, the culture and environment that you're trying to create uh, at the same time. Uh, um, you know, the ultimate satisfaction comes with, uh, with, uh, success. And, uh, right now we've had it, uh, um, six out of the last seven games in the regular season. And we're hoping to set ourselves up, uh, to make the playoffs and put ourselves in a good spot and, and, uh, be on a roll going into the playoffs. Having said that, we got, uh, you know, um, a handful of games left here and, and, uh, we're going to come out of the break, uh, uh facing a, a Georgia team for back to back games. It's, uh, playing real good right now. So, um, you know, it doesn't get any easier. Yeah, and to just, just to touch on the break a little bit more, you know, you look at the roster now, Dan Dawson goes back on the active roster after sitting out that game in Vancouver, and, you know, everybody is kind of almost healthy with Chris Weir being still on the IR, but, you know, being close to being available, uh, you know, should he be needed here down the stretch. But, you know, you, you also have to think coming out of this break, it's like this bye week was perfect like in terms of its timing really with what's left on the schedule it's it's a chance to recharge the batteries a little bit and and really you know a back-to-back situation coming up that uh you know hasn't happened this year really right like you know to have to have this travel the night before and then come back and play on the saturday um it, it just kind of seems like and i don't know if you feel this way but it's like the break seemed to can't come at the right time and this perfect time to to recharge the batteries and get ready for a stretch run. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, with what uh, um, uh, you know, with the role that we're going on, the, the break's always good when you, you go into it having success, right? So, uh, you might look at it differently if uh, if you lost your last couple. The last thing you want to do is have a have a week off. But um, you know, and, and we uh, uh, experienced that earlier in the season, right? With our uh, our one bye week there. So, uh, you know, we're making the most of the break. And uh, again, it's, uh, we're excited to get back here Tuesday night and get back together as a, a group and, uh, and practice and prepare for, uh, for Georgia and, and uh, see where we go from there. But uh, the back-to-back that you mentioned, that's a couple of weeks away, but uh, you know, we can't, uh, can't complain about that. That's the only one we have this year. And uh, you know, we got a pretty good schedule and uh, things are good. So Saturday, March the 26th against the Georgia Swarm, the next time the Rock will be in action, and it is going to be a milestone night, potentially, for Dan Dawson. And one of those milestones he's definitely going to knock off by dressing for the game, we would think. Yeah, he should, should be. He, he should he should, make it there? He's he back on the in, active roster. He should roster. be in the lineup. We'll, we'll, talk, so, we'll, we'll see how he does Tuesday night. But, so, uh, no, so, you can expect to see Dan, that's for sure. So that'll take him to 307 games played and, and break that game's played record. Yeah. And then he's got two assists to get to break the all-time assists record. What's it like to be part of something like that? What's the buzz around the team? I know like in the last couple weeks, even the last home game, I know a couple players just kind of – talking to me in the hallway after the game about DOS and just that this is kind of cool to be a part of all this. And, um, you know, I think this next week with everybody knowing it's more than likely going to happen, both of them on the same night at home, it's, it's pretty cool, right. For, for this to all be happening right now. And it's, it's tough maybe to appreciate it. I think sometimes when it's happening in the middle of the season and maybe you do look back at it afterwards, and realize like how special the time was but you know is that something you're kind of stopping to smell the flowers and enjoy it you know what (laughs) i mean well to be a part of it and are the guys like are the guys drinking it in too like what's the what's the vibe around what they are being a part of here 
Yeah, you, you mentioned, you know, you're, you, when you're in it and in the moment, maybe you don't uh, uh, realize or, or appreciate it as much as you, you should. And, you know, and Dan um, would be the first to tell you, he, he just wants to get it over with, right? And, um, you know, from a team standpoint, to, to be honest, it's not something that we've uh, discussed or, um, you know, we've uh, uh, focused on or anything like that. Um, they are two unbelievable um, accomplishments. Uh, it speaks to... Uh, um, you know what Dan uh, is and, and has been and still is as a as a lacrosse player and a, a great lacrosse player, one of the best ever. And um, you know, for for me personally, it's okay. Uh, we're getting close to this and we're getting close to these achievements. So let's make sure that we're good. Let's make sure we're good that night um, for Dan, for ourselves, for the team. So you can put a a good performance together and and uh, you know. Uh, like you mentioned, obviously the the games played is going to happen, and if and when the uh, the assist record uh, gets broken, you want that to uh, you want him to be able to enjoy that uh, on a night when the team has success. So that goes into well, let's make sure uh, make sure we're good and we put a good performance out there. And um, you know, I think that uh, at the end of the night when it does happen and uh, we come out of there with a win, uh, Dan's going to uh, uh, look back that uh, look back on that uh, you know even. Uh, Realize it's even more special night. Uh, let's not uh, have him break those records when we don't find a way to get a win. And it's also crazy to think, uh, you know, we lost a year and a half basically due to COVID. Like, you know, he's doing this at 40 years old, but he was poised to do it kind of at 38-ish, 39, right, to uh, to break these records. And now he's going to do it. It would be amazing to think how far, how much further past, I guess, he would already be had we not he's lost the that youngest time, 40-year-old I know. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> and he's living like it around here. I mean, sure. it is like he, he he doesn't, you know, the way he interacts with his teammates, you know, from what I see, I know you see a lot more of it, but, um, you know, he's just one of the guys. He's not the guy who's 15 to 20 years older than some of these guys, right? Like he's got 19 years, I guess it is, on Phil Mazuka. Wow. Right? No, wait. Look at it that way. <clears throat> yeah, 19 years. Yeah, my yeah. math was right. Yeah, 81 2000 yeah like like that's crazy right like that you're 19 years older than one of your teammates like doesn't happen all the time sure dan was uh he, he was playing junior <laughs> lacrosse before phil was phil i believe that might be a very close to true story yeah. yes yeah well that would yeah. definitely be a true story yeah, yeah. um wow. yeah dan's uh he, he's uh he's great he's one of the guys and and like you said you uh um you know there's no uh no separation there between the age and uh um, uh, his age and, and uh, some of our younger guys and it's uh, uh, it's good to see it's real special and um, you know it's uh, it'll be something that uh, I'm sure everyone involved look, is going to look back and and think of uh, think of that time and and those years uh, fondly right it's um, not something that uh, comes uh, comes along often um, and again I'll, I'll go back to uh, put my coach hat on right you just want to uh, um, you want to have a good year you want to have a good night and uh, Anytime you get together and you get to be around uh, somebody like that, you want to uh, make the most of it. Absolutely. Um, we could get in. Do you want to talk face-offs? Face-offs? Yeah. What, the importance of face-offs? Is yeah. that you know? <laughs> yeah. I'll it say this. You know, to, face it seems to are, rear its ugly head all the time. Sure. And I, Anyone who says face-offs aren't important, they're generally someone who doesn't have a dominant face-off guy. That's what I've come to, the conclusion I've come to. I think that's. I think there are so many interesting statements, and that is one. 
that can define this debate. And so I know where you, I st- have a I know where you stand in that time, but I, I've been on the other side of it. But I don't like, I guess my thing is I, I've refined my opinion a bit to the point of it is quality over quantity. I feel like in my mind, in terms of those impactful moments in the game. And I still go back to what can stop a good face-off guy is a good defense and a good goaltender. Because if you win that face-off and you get stopped, the other team just gets the ball back anyways. So you're not necessarily getting another possession. You just got the first possession. Yeah. Um, it, this is a tough because like there, for, there has to be – I feel like there, the number crunching that has to go on in this is far deeper than I think it's bigger than just, numbers. Yes, exactly. For, for, for me, and I don't know if I'll be able to – And Ex- that's where I go back to the quantity over qual- – or sorry, the quality over quantity. It's also just a feel, just a feel on the bench. We've yeah. been on the other side of it. Um, you know, I think you know, we, we played a game where we lost a game by one and – uh, 23 to one, I believe was, yeah. the, uh, was the record. Right. And yes, you're right. We got those possessions after, after Halifax in that game. Right. But it's just a feel, it's just, uh, um, it can be, um, deflating knowing that every time after a goal, giving one up or scoring one that, um, you know, percentage wise or chances are that you're always just going to have to go straight out on defense. Yes. You're going to get that ball back if you have that defensive stop, but it's just, uh, um, you know, and, and it's not momentum because, um, you know, uh, momentum can be, uh, uh, looked at in, in different ways. It's just, a um, the best way I can put it is to feel on that bench, the, a hope that, you know, you got an opportunity, um, to actually come up with the ball here. We're not just basically conceding it. And, um, you know, and, and from that comes so many different things. And, you know, we're in a position now with, uh, with TD at times that, uh, um, you know, we're actually uh, drawing up plays or sets or different things we want to do off the, off the face-off. It gives you an opportunity to do that and, um, you know, ways to, uh, to try to get some offensive opportunities or, uh, um, you know, let you take a, take a breath. Maybe you've been under siege in your own end and, feel like the the floor has been tilted and, and a team finally bags one and puts the ball in the net and and uh, gives you hope that you can come out and get that face off and and maybe go on offense and do a uh, you know a slow offensive shift and uh, eat up some clock give your defense a chance to uh, for a breather and and things like that so um, you know I think it's uh, bigger than just uh, the pure um, statistic of face offs one and and the amount of uh, possessions you get and, and when you get them it's uh, um, the best way I can put it is just a, a feel and a hope on the bench. I think that's a great way to put it, Matt. There we go. I do. I do. Because well, I feel like it supports my argument a little bit. Too. Yeah, well, but then, anyway. then, of course, <laughs> then, of course, you're going to like it. Yeah. <laughs> I just think, you know, when I go get back to the, the, the quality over co- quantity argument, it's just like, you know, because I think, so say you've got TD Erlen up against Trevor Baptiste, which we saw, right? Probably going to be 50-50 or 55-45, exactly. you know, in that situation. But that's something you need, I think, right? Like where you don't want to have the 23-1, to right, against Jake Withers back a couple of years ago in Halifax, right? You, you don't – that to me is maybe where the quantity enters into it. If you win every single face-off, it's got to provide you an advantage at some point. Sure. Right, because at some point you'd think you're going to score off one of them, which would truly give you 
an extra possession. You know what I mean? I think in the well, in the math. What was TD position, in uh, Vancouver? I think it was seventeen five. Any, if I'm correct. And then when we looked at that, you know, it didn't feel it felt even more dominant than yeah. that. Not that seventeen five isn't dominant, right? Um, you know, so uh, and then you mentioned like uh, so when you get the um, the um, top end guys going against each other and and. Uh, um, you know, Hammer Jackson until that point uh, was pretty good statistically, was he not yeah. going into that game, right? So you thought that uh, maybe it was going to be a bit more of a battle than, a, than it was. And you talked about uh, uh, going against Trevor and maybe it's 55-45 one way. But even all of those are still a battle, right? And you feel that on the bench. You feel it uh, amongst the guys. So um, it's just uh, even coming closer, um, coming uh, close to coming up with the ball again, it goes into the hope that I talked about and, um, you know, uh, our, our guys get up uh, yeah. in, in that situation, especially when you're going against another draw man. Like it's a, a game within the game. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's where I think it can get exciting for people. But sure. then here's what will lead to my next question. So over the last couple of years, let's say there's been a bigger focus on teams. I think once they saw some of these faceoff guys dominating things, every team kind of like you've seen this right with the intent of maybe leveling the playing field. So if it gets to a point where every team in the league has a guy and and at the end of the night there's a lot of 50-50s or 55-45s at the end, is that are we going to see a cycle here potentially where it's almost like Going negated deep, right? again where it's like, oh, maybe it's not really that important because it's a saw-off and every, nobody's really gaining an advantage of it anymore? Then you just start awarding the ball to a team like basketball <laughs> when you're playing playing on the <laughs> playground. Uh, All right. You know, um, yeah, I, 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 like yeah. it seems like it's going in a little yeah. bit of a flow now, let's, right? Where let's like, see when it get, gets to that, but you know that uh, you know, how how good would that be if everyone's got a, a top end guy yeah. again? Um, you know, because the battles get, get when, on board. Because if you don't, you're gonna be uh, yeah. But like you end. say, like how well, the guys get up on the bench and stuff when you know there's gonna be a battle. I I do think it's one aspect of the game sometimes that can be a little bit boring for fans maybe right or unengaging boring is probably the wrong way to put it but um when you do have like you say two guys who are considered like you know masters of the uh of that domain or that talent craft. or whatever you want craft there you go um it, it does get to be a little bit more interesting and you could tell like there there can be a little bit more of a vibe in the building too when that happens well so. yeah for sure going into the game on those nights you're like you know even if we're not a part yeah. of it oh Halifax is playing Philly, yeah. Or uh, you know, uh, Albany involved too. Right? You know, you're always taking a look um, how, how the the top end guys do against each other, and and everybody's uh, um, racing to the stat sheet if you're not watching the game. So, um, I uh, I think it's um, you know something that uh, that I I think is changing uh, a lot of people's view in the game of uh, box lacrosse. The uh, the importance of the draw man, and, and we're talking, and I'm sure we need to move on. But we're we're talking about solely about the faceoff guy, but it goes beyond that, right? You know, you have five guys out there, and then when you get the situation where um, you get two uh, uh, good guys against each other, a lot of time that results in a scrum, and there's um, you know you can get some. Uh, um, good battles amongst the uh, the other eight guys on the floor for the for the ball, and some of them are prolonged, and you don't come up with the ball, and uh, you know instantly a, a five ten second battle for a ball, and then when you come up for it, like you, you feel that, uh, or when you come up with it, you feel that lift on your own bench for sure. Yeah, because I think like the old guys are like, hey, these guys just battled their whatever's off to yeah. get us that ball, like we better go do something with it, right? Like, yeah. what I'll end this on is when one of those guys does score a goal. And even if it's the 14th goal in the game, it's exciting. 
Was he, it not the 14th goal? Yes. yes. Um, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, you know, our whole bench jumped. I think they all benched just like, or jumped just yeah. like TD did. That was, uh, that was great, right? You know, it's, uh, um, you know, and, and in that situation right now, TD, uh, we're um, uh, new to the game of box across. So, like, that's his moment when he gets to go out there and take that face off. That's his uh, opportunity to contribute right now, um, you know, to the success of the team. So, um, you know, you've seen the other side of it. Like, he wears it when he's not successful. And, uh, um, you know, he's um, not out there every uh, second or third shift like some other guys. And uh, while we are using TD in the, in the back end, he, he um, you know, doesn't play a lot of heavy minutes back there. So his opportunity to... Uh, uh, to help the team is uh, when the draw comes up, and and um, he's had uh, half a dozen good uh, good chances on the rush, so it was good to see him uh, um, get one in there, and uh, we were all real happy for him. That's for sure. And for uh, Rock fans out there who obviously follow the team on social media, you probably saw that TD had his own commentary on what he thought of his own celebration. So we won't talk about that here, but uh, have a look at it. Uh, on social media, scroll back through the game. It's kind of a funny little moment uh, as he was talking with Brad Cree coming off the floor. So um, this has been a great chat, man. We've we've we really dived into some good stuff here. That's what I'm here for. Friday afternoon, yeah. sun's out. <laughs> Try to duck out of here early. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Feels good. Yeah. Feels the end, good. The end of March break, and yeah, get back to it. Yep. All right. Uh, well, enjoy the uh, the weekend off here, and we'll be right back at it. Practice Tuesday, game next Saturday against the Swarm. Matty, thanks for joining us. We'll do this again soon. Anytime. All right. That was the head coach of the Toronto Rock, Matt Sawyer. We'll take a short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access and wrap it up in a moment. Wrapping up Toronto Rock Total Access, thanks a lot to head coach Matt Sawyer. A fabulous discussion about a whole bunch of stuff that uh, hopefully kept you captivated for the entire 30 minutes of that interview. A real great time, something we enjoyed that was uh, a lot of fun, chatting with the head coach, and we always love having Matty on the show, let's face it. Uh, Great to uh, pick his brain about all kinds of stuff going on in the lacrosse world. So don't forget, coming up Saturday, March 26th, the Rock are back at home against the Georgia Swarm. Don't forget, also, there is the Kids' Night. Buy one adult ticket, get one free kids' ticket. That is available through Ticketmaster.ca. That offer is still available and out there, so you want to jump on that in a hurry if you can. And also, we are adding some other cool stuff that you'll find out this week about on social. We're going to be announcing a few other little neat things. But one thing we did announce earlier this week, just a couple days ago, was that we have added autograph night for this Saturday, March 26th game. We didn't know if we were going to be able to do this this year because of government regulations and whatnot and some league protocols, but it's happening. Autograph night on the turf after the game. Meet your favorite Toronto Rock player. The one thing we do ask is that everyone does wear a mask if you're going to come down and participate in autograph night. So... Um, while we'll be going through some new things here, obviously with mask mandates and whatnot in the province of Ontario, we are going to stipulate that masks will be mandatory for the autograph session after the game. So 
Game at 5 o'clock should wrap up around, you know, 7.15, 7.30, and then we'll proceed with the autograph session uh, shortly after that, after the guys have had a chance to clean up a bit and uh, do their media and whatnot, chat with the coaches, and then they'll head out to the floor and we'll get the autograph session going. We'll be giving out um, cheer cards with the players' uh, images and a little spot on there for you to get an autograph or you can bring one item with you if you'd like to get that signed in terms of a lot of people bring a jersey or um, a ball is also a great thing to get signed. So lots of uh, lots of options there for something to get signed at the post-game autograph session. So um, you want to gather up whatever you want to get signed. But again, it is uh, just one item per person <clears throat> since, uh, since there'll be a lot of people getting through there as it's open to... Uh, Basically, everybody who's in attendance uh, who wants to uh, come down and get an autograph after the game. So it'll be a great, great one. Um, one you don't want to miss. This team is obviously on a roll, pushing towards the playoffs, something you want to be a part of here in Rock City. So that will just about do it for this edition of Toronto Rock Total Access. In the meantime and in between time, I am Mike Hancock saying we will chat next week. 